Where the Whiteboards Are, a podcast by educators about all things education. Welcome back to another episode. <laughs> that felt wacky uh, and wonderful. That did feel really wacky. Coming Welcome to back you to from that wacky episode. <laughs> Coming up at five o'clock. <laughs> so here we are back with Where the Whiteboards Are. Today we're going to try and tackle this idea of teachers not smiling before Christmas or Thanksgiving. You know, you pick your holiday that you want to not smile before. If you weren't listening and you're fully outside of the realm of education or maybe a student, that is something that they it's like weird embedded mm-hmm. advice where they say this. It's like yeah. an actual phrase. So if you've ever had a teacher that didn't smile until that holiday, that's why. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it was always tough because you come back from Thanksgiving and then you start to finally smile for the first time and it hurts. And I would have to take smiles. <laughs> <My muscles. laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, for me, like when I hear that, it feels really weird and like that's way too strict. But then when you're in the teaching world, I think there's some common sense there, or maybe not common sense, but some wisdom about. Hey, when you start off the school year, set those boundaries and procedures, maybe be a little bit more strict. And as you develop those relationships and everybody's on board with those policies and procedures, you can relax them. That was kind of my philosophy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think those first few years, I maybe thought I could go in and be way more loose. And then I realized, oh, that's not, that's not good. And once you start being loose, it's hard to rein that back mm-hmm. in and and become a little more uh, strict. So how, have you guys ever thought about that in your approach? Have you used utilized that at all? Does it apply to you? I don't think I ever intentionally utilized that. I do think as I got older and farther into my teaching career, I kind of realized like subconsciously the importance of really clear firm boundaries mm-hmm. at the beginning and then we can be fun later once you realize I'm not the one to mess with and I don't want her yeah. problems in, in my space. Um, I really, now that I observe uh, teachers, um, especially for my new folks, I just wish they'd come in a little angrier. Like they just, <laughs> I, sixth grade, right? I've now realized, I've, I've gotten to see, see what elementary teaching is like. And in fifth grade at my school district, those kids are like management machines. Like their teachers have developed a very intentional behavioral system. They like hustle to do things. It is intense, right? And then I think because secondary people are a little more like, you know how to behave. They don't really use those management structures as much. And like our sixth grade is a chaotic mess everywhere. And I was like, three months ago, they were little angelic, almost soldier children. <laughs> like they were not doing this. Ready for that factory. And I just wish the folks would come in a little more like, no, right. we're going to actually behave in this space. Um, but it's their classrooms, and that's not my job to micromanage. Well, and in the secondary world, because our kids go from class to class to class, it does present some obstacles when it comes to that sort of strict mentality of, I don't, I don't take anything from these kids. Whereas maybe loosey goosey down the, down the hallway or across the 
cross the uh, yeah. hallway might. <laughs> and, and so that becomes a challenge in and of itself. It becomes this battle of, well, in so-and-so's class, I can do that. Or, or conversely, like, oh, this teacher's just really hard on us and we don't, you know, we don't like them because they're hard on us. Right. And, yeah. and it's really, you don't like them because you can't get away with things. Um, and so I kind of play a bit of, I want to say both, honestly, you kind of yeah. have to. I think it is kind of that pick your battles thing. Um, I remember this, the, f- the first week of school, uh, I was standing next to the person that's now across the hall from me. He's a new to the English department, but not a new teacher. And uh, my kids were coming in, so I was greeting them at the door. And um, when you have 30, 16-year-olds in your room, it starts getting a little loud, especially in that in-between time. And I, I told him, I said, hey, watch this. And I just poked my head in and I made direct eye contact with a student. And I just gave him the look of, we're not doing that right now. And instantly they knew we're not, we're not having this conversation being loud, whatever it was. Um, and so I do think it comes down to like presence and making it very, very clear and very direct. Hey, I'm not, I don't tolerate that behavior. I don't tolerate that language. That's another big one. Hey, I, I'm not for that. Now, do I maybe let them have their phones more often than I should? Most definitely, because I'm not the phone police and I hate them having, you know, I don't want to take a $2,000 phone from anyone oh, ever. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, and so that's maybe my crux is that's the one thing that I'm, I'm, um, I struggle with is probably just like the taking of the phone. I'll tell them to put it away, but they'll get it back out. And that I hate as a teacher. Um, But as far as like the strictness of other behaviors, if I don't like something, they're going to know very quickly. That like limit. That whole don't smile. I don't, I mean, I I get the premise of it that you need to start strong because it's too hard to to go back the other way, but not smiling. I mean, right. does anybody do that? I mean, unless you Sam, have like, I've like you are that. a strict RBF face, then I do not, I don't, Right. I, I want to have fun. Exactly. Right. Uh, I, I, God, how awful that would be. Mm-hmm. That just, that whole, I never understood that part of that con. Yeah. That felt like it could be tweaked to a better saying, but yes. yeah, that's just me. <laughs> yeah. I, it's interesting. Um, coming back into the education world after a couple of years away. And I had taken for granted of like having maybe a reputation or not having to try right. as hard. Mm, yes. And like, yeah. oh man, now I have to really try These and establish this. Yeah. And it's, it's exhausting in, in a way of like, oh man, I just thought they would just listen because they should know. But no, they don't know that that's what my expectation is. And, and not to say like, they're used to just doing whatever. Um, but like constantly setting those boundaries every day. Um, and with middle school, it's way different mm-hmm. um, than high school. And I'm, I mean, I'm split. Uh, one class made a point to let me know that uh, I have a sense of humor. They, they realized on, I think it was Thursday. They're like, Oh, <laughs> you're, you're kind of funny. Yeah. What? And they hadn't seen it because I, I mean, it was like trying to wrangle, um, some squirrels every day. Chickens. And we finally got to the point where they had, the procedures were in place. We were getting stuff done. And then we had a little bit of time, uh, 
to to tell some jokes and and they enjoyed that. And I was like, oh, lesson learned. Like we follow procedures, and then we can have fun because I want to have fun. I don't want to deal with behaviors all day. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. that is does. not fun for me. Right. And we've kind of talked before about like, don't make me be the teacher that has to yell. I don't mm-hmm. want that. That's, that's feel, not my yeah. first instinct. Yeah. Like, man, I can't wait to go to school to yell at some right. people. <laughs> right. 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 Well, and I always used to, Eric and I have talked about this before. Like if I had a day where I was yelling at somebody, that is like a failed day. Mm-hmm. Like I, that was something went wrong beforehand that I could have probably intervened better. Um, and now we're like in a, a bad way. Like that doesn't, it's not good for the yeah. spirit. It's not what I want. Even with my leadership class, I'm finding myself like, oh, I'm correcting behaviors that I haven't had to correct in a really long time. Like. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking and addressing the class, like I expect everybody like paying attention and I've had to like redirect and bring people back in or I'll do the stop talking until everybody's focused again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I haven't had to do that. The pervasive sense of discomfort. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think there is some little bit of wisdom in that whole don't smile in, in terms of Start strong. Start strong. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, I don't know, the stronger you start, the sooner you can relax. But, you know, if you set that, those procedures up early on, then, you know. It's a routine for those kids yeah. when they come into your room because of those expectations. Yeah. For I, sure. I, I mean, I know we all have had subs and that mm-hmm. some that you can talk to, they're like, I like coming into your class because your kids know right. the expectation and, and what they can and can't do. It just works nicely. And I feel like if you don't start off strong, you're definitely not going to have that. Right. Well, and I think, too, if if it's like so fun and casual and loose at the beginning, that is fun for everybody for like two <sighs> weeks, maybe. And then it starts to be kind of miserable where everybody doesn't like being in this space. Because there are not clear expectations for behavior and we don't get anything done. And you'll have students in your room who authentically do want to get things done. They want their time to feel purposeful. Mm -hmm. And so having that environment that is more structured, I really think, like, makes everybody happier. Yeah. Is better overall. And I think, like, if you don't smile before Christmas, if that's your philosophy, but then suddenly when they come back from Christmas break, you can start smiling. They're I don't gonna know think that something that, happened. Well, and like, <laughs> part of it is like they've reset over Christmas break, and you almost have to start over when they yes, get back. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't care what structure you put in place. Those that first day or two after any long break, you kind of have to be like, "Hey, we're we have to relearn school a mm-hmm. little bit." Review. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I always felt the biggest, or I guess the most interesting jump for me in the timeline. Was previously, I was really accustomed to teaching mostly 11th and 12th grade. Mm-hmm. And then when I switched districts, I became a 9th and 10th grade teacher, which like conceptually isn't that much of a time jump, but is a huge development jump. So kind of like learning how to manage uh, 9th grade behavior was very different. But also, I think I was way better at it. I just feel more comfortable telling a 14-year-old to, like, sit down and be quiet versus a 17-year-old. Yeah. Not like I'm uncomfortable, but, like, it feels more like I shouldn't have to. Yeah. This is fully unreasonable now. You're supposed to be, like, essentially an adult and, like, almost doing things. It'd be like telling an adult to sit down. Like, that feels weird. Yes. And I I don't. It just doesn't feel like, uh, I guess, mutually respectful. Yeah. Um, Not even, like, well, your behavior is being disrespectful. Like, 
uh, it almost makes me feel disrespectful in terms of like, that's not how I want to communicate with anybody really. Yeah. Um, but when you just came out of eighth grade, it's been, you're so short. Um, it's way easier <laughs> to be like, no, this is not what we're having happen. Yeah. So. Have you ever had to set an expectation and then kind of pull it back because you found it was too much or the students weren't ready for that? I don't know if that's the case per se, but I've, I definitely learned the lesson over time in terms of setting parameters that you're actually comfortable enforcing. Because as soon as you right. make a threat and don't like back up the threat, oh, right. that's just right. like that erodes the whole system. So I think it is really important to set conscientious like consequences and boundaries that you're actually going to follow through with mm-hmm. um, to help you like set up that system. Yeah. Longer term. So like the phones um, with math, like math is one of those things, like if you have a math problem and you have access to a phone, you can answer it and show all the work, right? Right. So I don't want to see phones in a math class. And what I found was students weren't comfortable like putting their phone in like the, the holder because they worry about other people taking them, sometimes like stealing them and other times as a joke. Separation anxiety. Right. Like actually. And what I found right. myself is like, well, I guess what I, I don't need them to put their phone in that holder. I just don't want you to have your phone out. So I kind of realized like, okay, that's not the important part of the procedure is putting it in this phone holder. It's just putting your phone away. Like it just doesn't need to be out. So I found myself having to be like, okay. So here's what I want. If you want to like put it away in your pocket, in your backpack, and I don't see it, that's what I'm looking for. So like I had to adjust my procedures on that. Mm-hmm. And, and really the students kind of helped me get to that point because they're like, I don't want to put my phone up there. You know, somebody's stolen a phone or my friend might grab my, you know, like there's all the things right, right. that can happen. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, if we just don't have phones out, then we don't have to. That's that's really the goal. Right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be yeah. a thing. I think cluing kids into the fact that like you as a teacher also don't want to get in trouble. I'm very honest with them. And I say, yeah. hey, I don't want to be in trouble because you have your phone out. Right. So therefore, put it away and don't have it out. And mm-hmm. like that, that uh, I mean, I think we've probably talked on this podcast before about phones. Yeah. Um, something I did this year that I made a huge mistake on, and I can recognize it. <laughs> uh, I had students their sophomore year, and now this year I have them again as seniors. And I'm not, I've taught some senior electives and things like that, but not at this school. Um, and this is my first true full class of seniors because. At the other district, I would have juniors and seniors or even sometimes sophomores and kind of have a mix in some of those electives. But this class is an English for senior class. And so I thought, I, I don't know, I guess I was delusional. I thought, well, now they're even more mature. And I had them their sophomore year and they're very aware of what my limitations are. So I can just go into it not having to set any sort of procedures or anything because they've already had me. Right. So in my head, I was just kind of like, Oh, well, let's just get the ball rolling. No problem. And the first week was fine because they're again, getting adjusted. 
And then, um, honeymoon phase. Yeah. And, and like we had the counselors in, um, to talk about some college things and graduation stuff. So I didn't really interact with my students a whole lot that first, really first and second week. And then this week I went, oh my, they are not where I thought they would be as far as procedures and my expectations in this room. And I got really kind of frustrated and just angry at my, I think angry at myself too, but also angry at them. Like, why can't you remember how I like to do things in my room from your sophomore year? Like, why are you acting this way? Why do you have your phone out? Why are you doing these things? Um, And then I very quickly realized I didn't set them up for success. And so I I actually told them, I said, hey, on Tuesday, you're going to have a seating chart because this is not happening in my room um, and sort of can help mitigate that. Um, So that's something I learned, I guess, this through this process was like, just because you've maybe have taught those kids before doesn't mean that they remember or that they were exposed to those same expectations in their other classes or you know, just summertime forgot. Well, they probably changed the mix too, which so yeah. powerful. Mm-hmm. Yes, a different group of kids. I mean, yes, they know each other, and I know them. Um, but yeah, it's a different mix of of students, and that makes a difference too. So I have this weird thing. Talk, going back to where you're like, I don't want to get in trouble. Like starting this school year off, I, I feel like I have some weird habits that are like lingering. Um, so when I instruct or lecture, a lot of times I'm at, at the board and I want students like following along and usually they have notes that they're writing out. Okay, that's kind of classic setup. But when we're doing guided stuff or if we're doing like a warm up or cool down type stuff, um, it's a little bit looser. Like I might throw something to get somebody to talk and they'll throw it back or toss it around the room or we might move around and have some stuff which is all well and good. Students seem to like it. It seems to be effective. But if I have like another teacher administrator come in the room at that time, I get really panicky of like, of like they think it's not structured or whatever. And I feel like I have to have them sit back down. Oh no. Because it looks like it's not structured. And I'm like, and I'm realizing I'm struggling with this. Uh Um, and it's like this weird crutch that I have to like overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in one of my classes uh, Thursday, I had a, a small class that just finished like a first quiz, like a first like true assessment for the grade book. And they rocked it. Oh, nice. Ro- and I was so proud. And they had a few minutes. Um, at the end of the class and we're, I had them up and we're talking and they're like really engaged and an administrator popped in and I felt like, the, like I clued no. her in on their success <laughs> and she was really happy, but I had this like nervousness about like, they're not at their desk. And it, it, I think there were like three students. So it's like this small <laughs> class, but it's like this weird. It's chaos. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, it's you know I think there's baggage that I have left. Oh, like, oh, we yeah. all carry that. I'm oh, sure yeah. you guys do from past admins and mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, very much. My so. very first admin was he was like I had different personalities. Like if you would ask for something simple, you would get just beat down for it. Oh. 
So then I would go in there with something that was, you know, going to be difficult to ask for and be like, oh, yeah, is there anything else we can get you? So I don't ask. It took yeah, me a long time to right. ask anymore. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that mm-hmm. we carry that. Yeah, it's weird. I have to tell you that as now somebody who gets to go in and like just hang out, which I love. Um, I went into a third grade classroom this past week during their science time and they were making life cycle projects um, and it was loud and it was crazy. And I felt like immediately at home because I always loved like a managed chaos Mm -hmm. kind of like project space um, where I felt like people were actually engaged. And I like warmed the spirit. There was a kid on the ground pretending to be a fish. (laughs) And I was like, you're having a great time in science today. And I just like love that for you. So hopefully, hopefully your people um, feel similarly where they're like, oh, we like the feeling that's happening. Those kids are enjoying math. Yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, and, and, celebrating and, and the victories. day before, like, and this is a class where there were two students that had some, like, or still do, like, distractibility and, like, needing to, like, constantly move and, and talk and, and say things. And the day before, instead of, like, combating it and expecting them to be at their desk, I realized, like, what if I just create a scenario where they can be kinetic and still be engaged? So it was just, like, rapid fire area of triangle questions like boom 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 who can who can be the fastest kind of classic thing and they got it i mean no kidding it within uh you know 15 minute time frame they probably answered close to 100 questions because they were going so fast Mm -hmm. and i was like oh we're gonna keep doing this and i'm like i gotta get away from that like expectation of like you have to be seated and not that i was ever like that before i mean when you have a class of 30 the structure has to be different but i haven't taught a class of four or five people in a really long time and realizing like oh there's a lot of freedom this affords i can really do some cool things Mm -hmm. and and interact with these students in in a lot more uh, meaningful ways um so it's been interesting like that change of you know my expectations for them and of and of myself as well and because you set clear parameters i'm sure at the start of the year it's easy to do those like move around things and Mm -hmm. trust that it's actually gonna gonna happen well like that's one of the the benefits of like a well-managed space you get to do more fun things because we're not wasting all of our time on this like remediation of your behavior uh, like we, we hear as educators, like, oh, create relationships a lot. And we know that that's important. One of the things I found over the years is like, not, not all young teachers or new teachers understands what that means. They hear like, create a relationship. Well, in their mind, maybe that relationship is be a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what that phrase means. It means like, get to know the student let them get to know you on some level and not like be their friend because we've all known those teachers mm-hmm. who have become friends with their students while they're in school. And that does not, does not work. There's too many scenarios where that goes really poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've all had to probably clean up after those situations where students expected like to be friends and they could get away with things or, you know, whatever issues. Right. Well, and I think building relationships really just means having your students know that you care. 
Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean we're besties, right? right? It means that I care and I'm invested in your success. Um, and, and that way we can do things together to work towards your success. Not, yeah. not hanging out. Not, well, not that anybody's hanging out, actually, but, well, who knows? Well, no, and some, I do some think, people could be, I guess. I do think there is merit in this idea of you're in the club, right? Like, you are a part of this community. You're a part of this group. Mm-hmm. That does not mean I am your friend. Right. It just means that we have established this club sort of relationship mm-hmm. where you're you're invested and you're involved because I'm invested and involved in you. Right. Um, my I have an advanced English class this year that is, might be the death of me. I don't know. They're so much fun. I enjoy them so much. They're all band geeks, and they would probably all tell yeah. you that they're band geeks. Because um, music makes you smart. Right. Well, yeah. Oh, it does for sure. Um, and they just instantly created a culture. I didn't have to do anything, That's awesome. but it is. they That's just very good. have it. Right. And so we have started on the first day, and it's now still a thing that we do. Um, if you say the word crazy, they say crazy. I was crazy once. They locked me in a room, a rubber room, a rubber room with rats. The rats made me crazy crazy i was crazy once and you like yeah continue this pattern it's like a tiktok me i don't know it's from something and so now we have a saying in our class which is you can't say the c word yeah and so then um i have a student who's gonna his sister makes flags and does embroidery and all that kind of stuff and so he has designed a flag for my room um which I don't know when it will arrive or what have you. Um, that is just a big C with a uh, crossed out yeah. and like a rat in the corner or something like that. And, uh, you know, but it's like instant, instant, like you're in the club. This is like our thing. And yeah. I, and I, I think like classroom management wise, if you can do that with your students, if you share that, whatever it is, right? Like I didn't do anything. They just happened to now do it. And now I have encouraged it by, um, you know, being funny with it or whatever we do it before lunch or after lunch. Before after lunch, I'll be like, hey, lunch was just crazy. And then, you know, it just yeah. starts that. Um, but if you can start, I don't want to say a cult, but a, a in the club sort of thing. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I, I get that. It makes management way easier. Can I shout out to Misty's youngest child who started a cult in my room? Um, purple people no not even that one which was its own thing and I keep my badge and I keep it with pride just in case she ever listens for some reason I need her to know Um, but when they were in English 4 their dual credit English people always were like you did such a great job creating this culture in your classroom and I'm like it really really Janae did it Um, whenever anybody did anything exciting that we wanted to celebrate Janae would go let's go whoever and then the whole class would do the corresponding clap, like the sports clap. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but they did it for anything, anything. that, and, yeah. and she was so respectful. She'd always ask, like, can we do a chair? And I'd be like, oh, yeah. But we would have presenters come in. Uh, the counselor came and present. Anybody who we were like, you did a great job. Um, she would ask if we could do it. And I would say yes. And the whole class would clap. And it was so cute. But, like, I didn't, I didn't do right. that. That was, that was all her. And we just like, yes. When you like embrace the weird. When you find yourselves in those classes, those are, those are just the best. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, they let you feel like you're a part of that as much as they're a part of that. And you like, you have those things that, uh, I don't know. They're just, they're, they're very special. Mm -hmm. They are. 
And people would message me and be like, I I just really want to commend that culture that you've developed in your room. And I was like, I... Sure. Like, thank you so much. Right. You gave them that freedom. Yeah. Uh Because if you took that same group of kids, would they have done that just a room down the hall? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Only Jeanette knows. Well, yeah. I don't Mm -hmm. think think that would have happened. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think you created a, you know, an environment where they could do that. Mm -hmm. So props to you. Thank you. You know, but mostly to Shay. Yes, but really to her, because it was very fun. Yeah. Well, and a part of that, creating a club, too, is making sure your students know that they're safe in your room. Oh, yeah. I, 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 All of them need to be part of, of that to make yeah. that really Correct. work. Yeah. Every single person in that room. And part of, you know, especially as English teachers, we're going to have tough discussions from our books or texts yeah. or whatever it is that we're we're learning. And being able to say, hey, everybody in this moment is safe and should feel like they can share and that you appreciate the fact that they're sharing out. Um, I know I say it all all the time, get a bag bag of Jolly Ranchers, but I tell you what, buy one bag, see how it goes. And if you have kids that will share, give them a Jolly Rancher. If you have kids that, you know, Maybe they pick up paper on the floor. Maybe, you know, or, hey, uh, even just the other day I had a student, hey, did you know this assignment was in Canvas twice? Oh, I didn't realize. Thank you so much. And then I'm a Jolly Rancher. I know that that's... Amanda's Pavlovian, all of her children. Yes, she is. <laughs> I, buddy, I, you know... It, they salivate when they enter the room. I've it's, done that with certain exercises where kids don't want to participate or necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, like I, we just did that uh, like the second week we do a lot of team builders. And uh, it was non uh, nonverbal communication, and I had a bag of Starburst, and that's what. Hey, if you can, you know, whatever it was, here's your Starburst. Here's your Starburst. Right, yeah. and 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 not to say that you have to give them every single day, and not to say that like every single student that gives you an answer, you have to give them something. But if you can do some of that little bits of stuff, man, it transforms your room. Or if you have that, I'll say the word shit kid in your room and you want them to like hey this is the expectation in our room here's what we're doing and if they say back to you hey you know i'm really hungry from yeah from the end of the day can i have a jolly rancher prove to me that you can earn it and use that as a maybe it's not the end all be all but it could be something to motivate that particular student in some way we had a listener write in to our email. Oh. Catherine F. wrote in. I'm not going to use your last name because I didn't get your permission um, to shout out. But she had that. She wrote to us about like the exactly Jolly Ranchers and really? using those as just a simple reward to motivate behavior or as, an, as a reward. So Catherine F. in a weird roundabout way, this is looping you back in. Um, awesome yeah, yeah. i'm glad it worked i mean i'm glad that that thing works i know that's not like a unique thing right. for teachers um but it is something to think about as far as your management style mm-hmm. especially a young new teacher that comes in smiling if you need something you know if you yeah. need whatever that is go go seek out your your mentors too. find out what it is that they are doing too and see if the school can buy that right true um, they might be willing to, especially if you let them know. 
Um, we know token economies can work when done properly. Um, and we're, you're able to praise and then tie that back to a reward. Like it's, we know those things work. They work with us. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and even giving kids that are rowdy a job at the high school level mm -hmm. is important too. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the kid that wants Inclu to get up. Yeah. Go get up and go empty my pencil yeah. sharpener for me, please. Like if if you've got kids in your room that are not wanting to sit down, they've been sitting all day. So like yeah. have some empathy there. And in, like if it's possible, include everybody in that. Like, I, yeah, you're saying it works for high schoolers and they want to be included. But think about those students that maybe aren't included all the time because they're in special services or mm -hmm. things like that. If that kid gets a chance to be the meteorologist, let them be Aww. the meteorologist. Let them, let them have a role and be a part of the community. Let them be a part of the club. We take for granted that everybody's invited, but they're not always. So if you're that new teacher or maybe you're a student and you don't know why your teacher's not smiling, maybe it's because they're following this weird phrase about not smiling until Thanksgiving or Christmas or Memorial Day or something. <laughs> Maybe July Fourth. July Fourth. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah, and then you can smile. Uh, let them know that they're part of your club, and maybe get to know them. Let them know that you care about them as a teacher, and teachers let your students know that you care about them, and try to build the positive culture. It makes a huge difference. It makes your life easier. Catherine F, thanks for writing in, and we're glad we can shout you out. Um, yeah. Thanks, yeah, everybody. Yeah, keep on writing in. Yeah. Love that. Absolutely. We'll you see can, you next time. We'll, we'll give you Jolly Ranchers <laughs> if you write in, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's right. Amanda's going to be able to lose out. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Where the Whiteboards Are. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can re reach us at WTWA at 277media.com. The opinions expressed in our podcast are that of the individuals and do not represent the opinions of their employees, school districts, or communities in which they work.